The Adventures of Manzian Battlestaff, a audio dramatized solo RPG of Curse of Strahd with lit RPG elements. The sun is already shining as I wake up and begin to prepare both my body and mind for the day. But I would be lying to you if I told you that my mind did not wonder a bit. There I go. I'm already lying to you and myself. My mind is wondering quite a lot. I I think back to the note and as I walk down these stairs I ponder we have the same enemy. What could that mean? It could be as simple as we both battle these druids, for they have been my enemy numerous times since I have arrived here. We could have the same enemy of the Blights, which goes back to the Druids. We could have the enemy of death. Because in reality Who is ready to die? Yes, I know for some it may be another adventure. For some it may be a welcomed event. But for some, like Strahd for instance, it could be an enemy that they choose to battle. This person does not know me but yet seems to be offering a welcoming hand and I've been here only a short while in reality but yet long enough to know that I must have help I must have friends and we've all heard the adage the enemy of my enemy is my friend but couldn't the friend of my friend be my enemy? Could it, it not be just an acquaintance? A person met, or in this case unmet so far? These are all the kinds of thoughts running through my head as I 
sit there and sip my cooling coffee. On one hand, I need to know who this is, who our supposed enemy is. I need to know if I can trust this person or if they're going to stab me in the back. Of the many questions that I have had, at least now I know the Raven's Feather mystery has been solved. There's still the mystery of the letter that I found when I first arrived here, but the longer it goes, the less importance that it seems to have. As I'm sitting here, Erwin arrives sitting across from me filling up my cup which warms the brew up and while while on one hand I want to know about Irina and Ismark On the other hand, the more important hand, I don't need to know and do not want to know because if you don't know something, then it cannot be pulled out of your mind or tortured out of your body. I know that is harsh and and I do care but not enough to risk them getting hurt because of my my weakness I know that they must be safe because when it comes to the keepers of the feather, there is a sense of family, of safety. And I know that they are looking out for them. Of course, I have my suspicions of where they're at. How could I not? But as long as I do not know exactly Strahd's evil devices cannot remove it from my mind. As we're sitting there, I finally notice that Erwin has a look of... of sadness, of worry on his face. And that's when he tells me that Someone has stolen the bones of St. Andrew from the church of the same name. This seems rather odd 
to me that someone would still still bones of a saint so of course I asked the question if this has ever happened before and Erwin is rather quick in his answer but assured and confident as he answers me that no it has never happened before because they are in a very secured place and of course he has no idea who would do something of this nature of this magnitude but of course at the same time he does have suspicions and whether it's because of his trade or because of his solitary nature Erwin suspects Henrik the coffin maker which does stand to reason because no one really wants to associate with such a dark business and as we sit there and think about the coffin maker the bones pondering our own thoughts in our head Erwin drops another bit of information upon me in the form of a prophecy the prophecy states that once the bones of St. Andrew are gone then Strahd can destroy the church and the village three days later as I think upon this prophecy put into it whatever belief you may one must think about what it would benefit anyone to do this most people here seem not to like Strahd most people seem to want to go against him or just live out their existence even though it's not truly living but yet there are some such as the druids that appear to be actively helping Strahd and and why would someone want to help such an evil person unless they're getting something big in return according to Erwin several of his patrons have informed him that Henrik has been acting extremely weird lately a 
a bit weirder than normal for a coffin maker and someone of his reputation. And also that he and the grave digger Milovich had been seen together recently and Milovich has had extra coin as of late. So I gather up my belongings after I finish my coffee. Not with any real hope that this Milovich will speak to me, but maybe the priest down at the church will have some information that could help me. So as I exit the Blue Water Inn, I head to the church of St. Andrew and I'm eerily reminded of a similar church in Barovia where the walls are standing but do not seem to be holding up much that the roof seems to be sagging under the weight and under the despair of those that live and those that attend services here. While the walls may be made of stone, there are no claw marks as back on the church in Barovia, but yet the same sense of forlornness permeates the air around this this church but even though the stained glass windows may be cracked in places it's obvious that this place is still a refuge and although the wrought iron fence that surrounds both the yard and the cemetery to the side offers very little protection. Many can find solace in this location and even at this hour of the day the mist that clings to the ground and to the headstones give an eerie feeling of inevitable collapse. As I walk up to the gate, a plaque declares this church to be a church of the morning Lord. Not the morning as in a lost loved one, but the morning as in a new day has arrived and it is named after Saint Andrew whose bones are now missing a rather rotund man with a light fringe of grayish brown hair dressed in what I am 
guessing passes for priest clothes here. It's talking to a woman who appears to be to be just beaten down by life. Showing the respect that anyone talking deserves. I allow them to finish their conversation before I approach and the man jovially greets me. He tells me that his name is Father Lucian Petrovich, which gives credence to these being the priest's robes. And as we are talking, a young lad appears and he informs me that this is his altar boy, Yeska. As I inquire about Milovich, the father looks at me as though this is not the first time that someone has come seeking the grave digger of the church. And not really reluctantly at all, he tells me that I can go to the back of the church property and there's a hut which is where Milovich lives. And as I go to head towards Milovich to try to find out what indeed is going on, he informs me that the woman is Wilhelmina Rikolova. For some reason that name it rings a bell in my head but for the life of me I cannot think of why it sounds familiar. Her son Yudo was recently arrested and imprisoned for speaking out against the Burgermaster and perhaps that is why the name sounds familiar to me. Maybe I heard it in the Blue Water Inn. Maybe I did not. But I know recently that I have heard this name and he tells me that if I could find my way to helping her that it would be quite an upstanding thing for someone to do and who knows what good may come of it but if nothing then I know that I have done good in a world that could use more good deeds done. I am quite curious about things that are going on here though 
and the father indicates that like many other citizens they're just frustrated with how things are going and none of them really mean any harm it's just the burgomaster does not like anyone speaking out against him and while I have enough on my plate already I must take care of one thing at a time and I must speak Milovich as quickly as possible walking to the back I'm already thinking of how I can help this lady's son but I must focus on the problem at hand first and a strong-looking young man comes out rather grumpy in appearance and because I am quite shaken I I bluntly asked him if he had anything to do with the theft of the bones and he tells me that he did not with a believable face and a confident tone I have no choice but to believe him I thank him for his time and head back towards the gates and I tell the good father that as soon as I get a chance I will I will try to help the young lady's son while I'm out I might as well check on the coffin maker's shop so I make my way there to do a bit of scouting and to see if anything is just indicated on the outskirts of the building if there may be any clue that I could find As I begin to make my way there, the young lad that was speaking with the father, Yeska, I believe is his name, catches up to me and he tells me that until recently he was worried about the bones being stolen, which is rather odd and peculiar that they had not been bothered in who knows how long and all of a sudden this young altar boy is worried about them being stolen he tells me that the father assured him that as long as the bones were there the church was protected that if they ever did get removed then the church would lose its sanctuary status its hallowed ground but 
no need to worry because the bones were well hidden and that how he kept pestering the father and he knew he was pestering him but he had an unhealthy obsession an unhealthy worry and fretting that something bad was going to happen and as he went to show the boy the bones to prove to him that they were there and that they were safe they noticed that the bones were indeed missing and that the father whispered something about the prophecy becoming fulfilled. Jessica, much like Erwin and myself, for no other reason than of his job profession, think Henrik is behind this. Jessica gives an impression that only a child can give, and that is that Henrik likes dead things and is rather creepy. when you can't put a scientific finger upon the answer. Go back to the childhood level for things they say are often true that us adults cannot see. I notice that as I approach Henrik's shop a sense of dread and despair even more so than what is rest of here grows even more it is though this dread and despair is thick enough to cut with a knife and strangely enough this place of business each of its windows are boarded shut and while the rest of this village has sound and the normal country village ambience as I watch this shop for several minutes There is nothing but an unearthly silence here. The second annual Everyone Games event, hosted on the Knights of the Braille Discord, is coming up this September 30th and October the 1st of 2022. We encourage you to check out their website at www everyone-games.com We will have panels and tabletop games as well as video games to showcase the accessibility and the need for accessibility in gaming.